well, well, welcome back to the Real Talk Hour. I am with my pal Jesse, and I'm Kyle, of course. Hey. And, uh, happy, happy 420, by the way, Jesse. I thought it was pretty, I thought it'd be appropriate for us to record on this day. Very fitting to have me out on the high holiday. So, are you enjoying your holiday? Yeah, it's been going good so far. It's been a little busy. I've had to run around and do some errands, but like I said, I got a chance to stop at the dispensary and I won a free goodie from there, so I'm feeling pretty awesome about that. And and for those who don't know Jesse, he's one of those lucky sons of bitches that lives in California where it's legal now. Hey, I had to bust my ass to get to California. I wasn't born here like some of these people. <laughs> That that's true. You're not you're not a spoiled surfer kid. You you were born in the other big state, New York, right? In the in the cold, harsh winters of uh, of New York State. <laughs> uh, before we get into the the questions, I usually ask. You do have a podcast. I do. So you could could talk about what's it called? It is called American Slacker Podcast. We are a topical kind of podcast. Myself and my co-host Matt Gertz. We discuss bizarre news. Uh, combat sports, technology, video games, movies, TV, a whole bunch of stuff. We've had Kyle on. Yeah, you've had me on, more, more importantly. Uh, you guys also talk shit about Jeff Sessions when you can. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we've kind of, as soon as he had a war on weed, it was a war on us. We said red, vote red, vote blue, don't go against green. That's the only rule we have on American Slacker. <laughs> so like Joe Stein, you mean? What's that? So, like, Jill Stein, you mean? Oh, Green... not Well, not Green Party. I mean, getting too political. That is the one thing we do avoid, actually. Besides saying, fuck you, Jeff Sessions, uh, we do pretty much avoid politics. It's probably a, probably a, good, uh, a good call. I try to, to wrangle in the guys on, on Crime Roulette when we talk <laughs> about politics, because, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit, but at the end of the day, we're all pretty much talking out of our asses. Well, and it's tough because it permeates so much of, like, daily life. It's hard to avoid it sometimes when you're just talking about some random topic. It'll come up. Yeah, it's gotten so crazy that just everything is getting political now. I had some lady in the grocery store start talking to me about Trump. Like, unprompted. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind it because I'm a talkative guy, but <laughs> it was a little odd. It's just some random woman's like, excuse me, young man, what do you think of the president? Well, she, no, she was flipping through, she grabbed a, uh, an entertainment magazine and said she had to keep up with her celebrity news. She said she'd rather be keeping up with that than, uh, Trump rolled her eyes. I mean, he's pretty much part of the celebrity news anyway. Yeah, there's a little bit of crossover there, I'd say, with The Apprentice and all that crap. That crappy show. Um, so like, what's the backstory to your podcast? Well, uh, it's, I guess the idea of it started in January of 2016. Uh, Matt and myself, we started getting into listening to podcasts, uh, the Joe Rogan experience, last podcast on the left, uh, to name a few Mark, uh, Mark Maron's what the fuck podcast. That's probably the first one I started out listening to. And in listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, he, he constantly tells his listeners, hey, if you have something to talk about, if you feel like you have a voice, do it. It's not hard. There's nothing stopping you. So after hearing that for a while, you know, we kind of were thinking as we're like chatting back and forth, playing video games and stuff, discussing, as we said, MMA stuff that's going on in the news, vi different video games that are coming out. Like we thought, you know, maybe we should record this. Why not? It kind of started and then stopped and then started again. 
since I'm on a different coast and like I'm on the West coast, Matt's on the East coast. We tried to record something with a guest for the first time that January. So January, 2016. And there was a gap where we didn't do anything from like February till September. And then in September, we sort of kicked it into high gear and decided we're going to give it another try. And we started recording again and we've put out uh, pretty much, I think 30 something episodes between then and now. So did you release that first episode and then you just waited a while after that? Well, we went through it and it was long. It was like two and a half hours. It was an interview with Evan Fazziola, who was a college uh, roommate of mine who lives in New York City. He's an actor uh, for the stage and he's also uh, he's in a band called Sunshiner. So we're like, oh, let's get him on. Well, you know, if we want to have a guest, like he's got a lot going on. And we held on to that for a while. Like I said, probably from January till September. And eventually we got around to editing that and released it as a two part bonus. So that's technically our first episode we ever recorded. Okay. But the first ever released was like probably our third or fourth episode. There's a bunch of them that just kind of got trashed because we were like, this is terrible. We got to like <laughs> kind of learn what we're doing here on the training wheels. Yeah, it takes it takes some getting some getting used to, but I mean, the more you do it, the better you get. And I think I've only <laughs> I mean, I probably should have trashed a couple of our old episodes, but I think I've only gotten gotten rid of one that we had to redo. I feel like people appreciate it, you know, seeing the progression and like growing along with the show. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's mildly like coherent that you can understand what's being said <laughs> well you know? yes yes definitely so anyway getting into uh the questions now i i have basically these questions set in categories so let's start with the past i'll ask where were you born i was born in poughkeepsie new york uh, at i believe vassar hospital either vassar or st francis hospital one of the two big ones there have you seen when you say poughkeepsie i just think of one thing it's the that movie, The Poughkeepsie Tapes? Oh, God. You know, that's based off of a real person, Kendall Francois. He was oh, the, really? He was the Water Street killer. He uh, picked up prostitutes in Poughkeepsie. I, my English teacher went to high school with him. Really? Yes. Whoa. They also had people... This is one you could do for Crime Roulette, actually. It'd be pretty interesting. Um, the, the Poughkeepsie Tapes is like very very loosely based upon the real events so don't go into that thinking like you're gonna get a good idea of what happened <laughs> oh you mean the the very like uh loose adaptation isn't completely accurate no the, the blair witch-esque uh, videos that were thrown together with like iMovie uh, transitions is I, I never had to, I never had to see that movie was it, it good yeah yeah yeah, not really. <laughs> I, I watched it for the novelty of the fact that, like, I uh, knew the area. Actually, during uh, one of my sporting events during high school, we stopped at a funeral home in Poughkeepsie to pay respects for, I think it was someone's grandmother who had passed away. But our coach, when we were at the funeral home, he pointed to the house across the street from it. And he goes, you know what that is? That's Kendall Francois' house. And we were like, oh, right. shit, because we knew who at that point, like that was the, the Poughkeepsie killer or the Water Street killer, as I think they referred to him. 
Yeah, wow. So and I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's probably long gone by then. He wasn't in that house anymore? No, that was after the fact. That was definitely after the fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just just got off on a few murders. Went back home. Yeah, right. There he is. Wave at him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just don't go inside. Yep. And, and another Poughkeepsie reference, uh, people who watch Kathy Lee and Hoda the, on the Today Show. They always use Poughkeepsie as a euphemism for, like, a, I think, an orgasm. <laughs> so, so that's another way Poughkeepsie's been tainted. I mean, Poughkeepsie's an interesting city. It's like a tiny little city. It's got a little bit of crime, you know, the normal normal amount that any city would have. But um, it's not very big. It's a small section. And Poughkeepsie, the town, is probably bigger than the actual city of Poughkeepsie. Why use it as a euphemism for an orgasm, though? I... They're going to Poughkeepsie, man. That's what's <laughs> that's what's going on, I guess. I mean, I I work in television, and like, so I pick up on a lot of this stuff that I normally wouldn't be aware of. <laughs> so whenever you tell someone you're going back home, you're really just like jerking off in the closet or something. Yeah, it's really hard to tell what where I am and what I'm doing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your earliest memories? Um. I mean, there's some vague ones where it's like, I'm not entirely sure. Like I've had one confirmed by, I believe my mom where I told her, you know, I, I remember being really little seeing my front yard and seeing like a white, a big white house. And I, I told her that and she's like, Oh yeah, that was the house that me and your dad used to have when we were together. So that's probably my earliest memory. And that was probably around like three or four or something like that. It had to be super early. How was your childhood? It was okay. I mean, it was, I, I never really knew what a, a normal was, so I didn't have something to compare it to, <laughs> which will become more, like, explained, I guess, as we go on here. <laughs> Uh-oh. Not in, a, not in a terrible way. I mean, I, the, I'm a strong, I feel like the childhood I had led me to be a strong person that I am today. That's very optimistic. It, it wasn't, it wasn't all, like, rainbows and cupcakes. But yeah, I, but I'm here, so you survived. Yeah, and and it's not even like that. It's not even like oh, it was so terrible that I so I'm not a child called it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's got their bad days. Yeah. Did you do any hellraising as a kid? Oh fuck yeah, that's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I wasn't keeping myself busy, I was getting in trouble. That was the problem. What was the most trouble that you got into? Uh, arrested for shoplifting. Ooh. That was probably the, well, that was the one I got caught for. Uh, <laughs> that's the most ever, um, uh, most trouble I've gotten, like, caught for, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. What, what, what were you trying to steal? Um, we had, like, a little, uh, I mean, uh, 10 years, I'm 17. Yeah, I can talk about this. Um <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, we had a little bit of a racket going where, you know, we'd go and take like, okay, I got to kind of preface it this way. It's, it was tough to find a job really that paid decent, you know, and, and like the little bit of money that you had would go to like gas and stuff like that. So if you wanted to like have any extra money, you kind of had to have a side hustle in some way. Um, <laughs> at 16 on your days off going around with your friends, like the easiest thing to do that we understood was we knew that video game stores bought video games pretty much no questions asked. So <laughs> we would go and boost video games from different stores and then go sell them to GameStop and 
electronics boutique and all those sort of places. <laughs> and they would, you know, it would come in without a case and they wouldn't ask questions. They'd give us like a shitty discounted rate because it's like, obviously this is shady shit. And we would walk out with a little bit of money and then we'd go have fun for the night, get ourselves pizza or like go see a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I respect that. You you weren't just stealing them for that, like to have them. You were stealing them for a profit margin. We were bet we were like contributing to the economy. <laughs> See, we wouldn't be spending any money if we didn't have any. You you were doing your civic duty. <laughs> Maybe I mean that's how old Jesse probably would have justified it. But like, I t I turned around my ways and I'm not stealing anymore. <laughs> uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, various things. Uh, started out, I believe, the youngest when I was. My most youngest, I, I said I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then I realized, like, the implications of, like, having to put animals to sleep and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I like them. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so then it was, there was probably something in between. But somewhere around middle school, I realized I wanted to work doing some sort of creative media. I had written my first script with a buddy of mine in seventh grade. Wow. And it was probably absolutely horrible. <laughs> it was called The Sight, and it was about a guy who's visited by a robot from the future, and he has to assassinate the president, who's not really the president. He's a gorilla, in, or a person in a gorilla suit. And has, has fooled everyone into thinking that he is, like, the president using some sort of holographic shit. I was in middle school. And it was George W. Bush as the president at the time. <laughs> so it was like the real president sent the robot back to make this guy make this whole thing work. It was like a Terminator ripoff, essentially. <laughs> that is one hell of a twist, a gorilla in disguise. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what you get when you're in middle school. How else, like, it's hard to end things as is, but when you got, like, a seventh grade brain working on it, <laughs> that's what you come <laughs> up with. Yeah, the endings are always the hardest to do when you're writing anything. Watch SNL. You'll figure that out real quick. Oh, zing. <laughs> Burn. Were you a good student? Um, I, I was good. I could have been better. I was probably a uh, middle B student. I could have, if I felt like it, been an A student. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just me being cocky or confident, but it's just, I didn't give a shit. I didn't think what they wanted me to learn necessarily applied to me didn't interest you no and uh, the nice thing that came out of uh well i guess one thing i always like to mention is my teachers would constantly and this was multiple teachers throughout the years would include the comment on like my report cards and progress reports that said jesse will finish his work and then bother others <laughs> so, so i mean that's kind of always been my mo it's like all right i finished what you had me to do and now I'm like bored and I'm going to try and like joke around and entertain people. I'm going to bother other people. Yeah. I'm a distraction, I guess you could say. Yeah. That was, that was me from like grade three to five probably. Yeah. And I mean, I, I probably could have tried harder in, in high school knowing that like I wanted to go to college, but like it didn't really, I don't know the idea of like responsibility and actually like giving a shit didn't really click until I was probably in like, first second year at community college yeah what were you like during elementary school specifically um i don't know i mean i'm trying to think back to that point and 
I it's like in memory at least it seems like I was pretty pretty much like what I would call a normal kid you know just having fun and not really caring about too much learning how to tie your shoes and like <laughs> fucking around with friends on re in during recess it probably got harder towards middle school well that's the next question what what, what were you like during middle school angsty and fucking pissed <laughs> just pissed off ready to rebel against anything a lot of lincoln park oh yeah are you kidding me i had liberty spikes <laughs> oh it was terrible oh just pictures yeah. there's proof Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would cringe for you if I saw them. Yeah, yeah, but you got to you gotta live it, you know? That's that's the, the past that I had, you know? it, it It's, like I said, it was rebellion. It was uh, the idea that I didn't give a shit about what they wanted to teach me because I was writing movie scripts, and that's what I was going to do. Were, were you a fan of Good Charlotte, too, since you had the Liberty Spikes? See, this is where I draw the fucking line. I had a, a hate a disgust for good Charlotte. I did not <laughs> like them. And I had friends who liked them and they kept trying to sell me on it. And I was like, hell no. You're like, they're a bunch of posers. <laughs> yeah, clearly that's what it was. They were posers. And I was the real person who knew what was going on in my <laughs> seventh grade brain. What were you like during high school? Um, high school. I definitely got more interested in like girls. I probably came more into my like my own at that point got i mean i was always always kind of like a tall doofy kid <laughs> like i'm six foot two you know and like putting pushing over a little over 200 now but back then it was like you know 175 or something and i was doing lacrosse and football and filmmaking still was a big part of my high school uh career if you'd put it that way, I, I could con my teachers into letting me make videos instead of writing essays. <laughs> wow. You could talk them into doing that. Absolutely. Cause I tried to, I made them understand that the amount of work that I'd have to put into making a movie, a five minute movie was going to be just as long, if not more compared to what people are going to write in a two page essay. You can't argue with that logic. I, I, my mom said I should have been a lawyer. <laughs> Oh, no. I feel like you'd hate that. Uh, I can't do the the law part of it. Like, the the large <laughs> the large words. Maybe that's where I should have concentrated a little more. If you can't do the law, you can just do the year. I could argue. I could argue, but it's not going to be a legal argument. It's going to be more <laughs> a logic-based argument. I thought, I thought you were going to say it's going to be like you yelling at the other attorney saying, Man, come on, what are you, a pussy? <laughs> Let's take this outside. Come on. If I can start unbuttoning my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what what were your high school mascots? Oh God, man! It, we had or not, not just not just high school. Sorry, school in general. We had uh, and I don't think we had one for my elementary school. An interesting fact: my elementary school is now an administrative building. No, it doesn't have like kids going to class in it anymore. It's not like it's defunct. Oh, uh, okay. So that's a little sad. It kind of and that's sort of. <laughs> It sort of feels like my past is slowly vanishing behind me in a way. <laughs> you just got to keep outrunning it. Um, my middle school, we were the Hawks. And at my right at my high school, which was FDR or FD Roosevelt High School, because my hometown of High Park is the hometown of FDR. 
Oh, okay. That's our big claim to fame. So we have his head smoking a cigarette like everywhere. Um, in the kid, in the school, or in the on, town? On, on the way into the town, like you see the sign that says "Welcome to High Park," and it's like a silhouette of his head with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's also buried there. We have the Eleanor Franklin uh, or uh, Eleanor Roosevelt Library. Which, uh, so it's, it's big on that. There's a lot of parks and stuff, but yeah, back to the high school mascot, we were the presidents. So we had some uh. lame dude in a fucking wheelchair trying to amp <laughs> us up to run down the field and to make it to the other end of the pool. Like that fucking, like what kind of motivator does that give you when like the dude that's supposed to be like your morale boost can't even walk. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, FDR knew that. That's why he hit his polio. Yeah. Right. Public. And we just grandstand it, hoping it's going to give some attempt to, like, boost us. We sucked at football. We sucked, we sucked at most sports. I think our girls' teams were a lot better than our guys' teams. I just <laughs> I just imagine your entire football team just, like... like <laughs> Dragging themselves across Dragging the themselves. field. <laughs> yeah, they can't stand up. <laughs> They're just throwing the wide receiver with the ball. No, since, since, you were, <laughs> since you were the FDR high school, did you have, like, little camps set up? for uh oh oh, no no we didn't have any fights funny enough i didn't see too many around there no (laughs) there's a reason they were in the camps is that where they were yeah i always wondered no it's uh well it's interesting actually the demographic high park is very i'd say suburban it's outside of poughkeepsie poughkeepsie is more the urban schools and then high park is like the start of like the rural schools and it got a lot more because I'm the oldest of uh, two. I have two younger sisters who also went to that school. And it definitely has become more diversified over the years. But there's also been a lot more problems. I'm not saying one designates <laughs> the other, but uh, I, I think it's a big it's a, my my town's starting to turn into one of those heroin towns is what it oh, really, it's yeah, coming it's into. Sad. It's a bummer. Yep. That's why I'm not there. <laughs> how did you handle the transition into adult life um when did that happen is that occurring already right now uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> am i doing it is this it oh shit yeah, man, you're, you're, so you're how did an adult. so how did i handle this moment currently um, no, <laughs> if, if I had to, if I had to pick like one point, I guess at which I, I, I turn, I would say I became an adult or realized that it's like a next chapter in my life is when I went from my community college to my, uh, alma mater of SUNY Plattsburgh, which was like a four year school. I did my last two years of my degree there. There was a moment where I got dropped off and it was very finite that like, all right. Everything you know is going to be like a couple hundred miles that way. Like, make this work. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, you don't know anyone. Here you go. Yeah, and I'd say, I'd say once you leave home for the first time, I'd say it's probably adult life enough. Yep. And that's where I sort of had to figure out what I was going to do, how I'm going to meet people, like, where do I get my cigarettes? Like, this is. (laughs) What are you going to do for money? Uh, no, that was never a problem. Uh, like I said, I always kind of had a side hustle. Um, <laughs> so one way or another, I knew I would be able to make money even if I didn't have like a legitimate on the books job. Have you have you seen uh, Better Call Saul? I've seen some of it, but not not a lot of it. Did Did they call you Slippin' Jesse? 
No, I've never been called Slip and Jesse. I've been called Lessie Janders. Lessie Janders. Yeah, I mean, they just flip it. You know, it's like all those Spoonerisms. <laughs> Fucking ripped you in there, one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, and I've gotten Flanders a couple times. Flanders? Yeah, throw the F on there. <laughs> well, I, I dig it, but you don't seem like a super Christian to me. Well, hi diddly ho there, neighbor, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I could grow the mustache for it if I needed. Oh, in a pinch. We, we, would you? Would your girlfriend be into the porn stash? Oh, she's she's beyond my antics with my facial hair. I had when we first came out to California here. I did a like a full handlebar, all the way Ugh. like I had it hanging like all the way down to like my chin bones. It was it was brutal. <laughs> There's some pictures of that too. <laughs> She'd tolerate it for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we're going to the present now, so I might as well ask: Did you did you move to California with her, or did you meet her there? I picked her up along the way. There, I got a two pack deal um, in Arizona. <laughs> no, uh, she yeah, I met her in uh, in Plattsburgh when I was going to a school up there. She tried out for my show that I was hosting. She tried out for a bunch of shows, um, and like all the producers were there. And I saw her, and I thought she was pretty cute. And I told her we could maybe work something out to like have her do something on my show, even though her schedule didn't work out for it. And then eventually during the tryouts, a fire alarm got pulled and everyone had to leave the building and it was raining and I had an umbrella and I saw her standing there in the rain. Oh, so like a gentleman, I went and offered my umbrella. And during that little exchange, I ended up getting her number. Come to find out she grew up just about, 25 minutes north of where I my hometown was. So it was like destiny. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a it was a, an awesome coincidence. I'm very happy that it happened. And yeah, we we've been together almost it's going to be 6 years this year and she made the leap with me out here cuz we we're tired of the New York winters. Yeah. We figured why the hell not. Good for you two making it work what you gotta do that stuff with uh you said she lives close to you growing up kind of reminds me of um with me and bradford so i didn't i didn't meet bradford who oh that's cute could, oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot less cute we didn't have a romantic <laughs> romantic umbrella story but uh for those who don't haven't heard my other show crime roulette i have a co-host named bradford um but i didn't know bradford till i was like 21 but I found out that we pretty much like both of our childhood homes are about two blocks from each other. Oh wow! We just grew up. We just, yeah, we just grew up in in different districts, so we didn't know each other. Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right. To be that close, but never have actually met. I don't know how I would have lasted in my my childhood with Bradford as a friend. So maybe it's better <laughs> that I I met him later. Think you would have turned <laughs> out differently. Probably got a lot of sassier. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Sassford, giving you the, <laughs> giving Sassford. you the training. <laughs> That's a good one. I might have to borrow that next to. Oh, me and Matt have been to... working on them. We got a whole bunch of them for when you guys come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? Oh, we're we don't have them written down. They're all in the head, but yeah, we got some. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sure he'll love that. He'll he'll, he'll probably. He'll probably like them more than victim blame for it, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a good moniker. <laughs> so, uh, what are you like now compared to when you were in high school? 
Um, I'm definitely a lot less stressed out, even though some days it might not seem that way. I've learned to sort of center myself a lot more, and I think part of that's just getting myself Weed. out of... I'm sorry? Weed. Uh, well, yeah, no, that definitely helps, uh, seriously. Like, if... I, I don't see a problem with someone being able to alter their mood if it makes everything better in the long run for everyone else. Like no one's going to be happy if I'm all pissed off and I'm not going to be happy if I'm all pissed off. So especially if they're doing it in their house by themselves. Yeah. There's, I mean, it it comes down to the idea of, you know, if you're an adult and if you love freedom, uh, (laughs) that you, it's something, it's something that I definitely, uh, harp on a lot in terms of like, we should, we should legalize, we should regulate, uh, you should be free to grow in your own house. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot that needs to change, and it's it's starting to go back the other way, unfortunately. But back to how I am now, I'm a lot le- I'm a lot more calm. I'm a lot more centered. Some of it's weed. Some of it's just you know getting myself out of situations that I know aren't good for me. Yeah, just when, pulling back. Yeah, when you butt heads with someone constantly, like maybe the best thing is to not be like right next to them all the time. Yeah, I agree. What do you do for a living? I work at a television station doing uh, operations type things, uh, behind the scenes production. Um, I'm trying to move more into actually directing or doing camera work. But right now it's more, it's kind of like an engineer-ish position. I work on the soundboards and stuff? Yeah, I did a little bit of that. That's not my not my forte. I'd say I'm definitely more on the video side of things. What was your most and least favorite job? Um, my most favorite job. I can just say off the bat, I worked at a day camp for over (laughs) a decade in various positions. Uh, I started out as an intern. That was like probably my first job actually unpaid. And I got to, pretty much just go hang out for like eight hours a day and like play games and chill in the sun outside and get paid like pretty good money to do it. Really? Yeah. And at one point I got to be like a counselor for the travel camp. So we got to go to like water parks with the older kids and basically you'd be like, all right, buddy up, meet back here at 12. I'm hitting some water slides. (laughs) (laughs) so you're just getting paid to like chill out and like you know you keep an eye on the kids and you know which ones are gonna cause trouble and i I don't know i understood kids and i always and i felt like i was doing something good every day when i went there because my i had one one manager there for a couple of seasons who said no matter what's going on at a kid's house if you can make them have a good day here at least like you're providing them that Cause you don't know what goes on with these kids. There's a lot of them that go home to like really shitty environments. Yeah. You, you, st- you don't have to respond to this. You, you strike me as the, uh, as the cool counselor, you know, the kids love and then cut to you finger popping another counselor in the forest somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to say what may or may not have happened. <laughs> no, no finger popping in the forest. There's plenty of other things going on in the forest. I set off a lot of fireworks in that forest. That's for sure. <laughs> really? Oh hell yeah! I love fireworks, <laughs> even though they're very illegal in New York State and very illegal in California State. But that's because of the wildfires. <laughs> so you allegedly like fireworks? Oh no, I love them. I'll admit it. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to admit to setting any off, but I love them. <laughs> 
The uh, yeah, ignore when I said I set them off earlier. But uh, my least favorite job is probably when I worked as a prep cook at this Italian restaurant. I was a prep cook and dishwasher. Oof. And yeah, it was just like it was grueling. You didn't really know when your day was gonna end. The pay was always really questionable. It was just like, so am I getting paid? And then they'd be like, oh yeah. And then they'd like pay you in cash. And you're like, is this really the right amount that I'm <laughs> supposed to be getting paid? I don't know. You don't know, I don't think. So, and then they, the one manager would be like, hey, Jesse, can you give this guy a ride home? It was like this one uh, dishwasher who didn't speak English. So like I had trouble giving him a ride home because I didn't know where the hell he was going. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that to me on multiple occasions. I also cut off the tip of my finger at one point, roll through the tip of my finger. So yeah, I, I realized working in the kitchen wasn't really for me. Yeah. My first job was in my first like real job was in a, a restaurant. I n- never want to go back there. I don't want to work with food at all. Food service. I am done with. I mean, my first, I said that my first job was that intern position at the camp, but my first paid job was at Dunkin' Donuts. And I did that for a while. I don't ever want to do that shit again. Yeah, I mean, people get shitty enough at, like, at, at like jobs, because I worked at a movie theater, and people were shitty there all the time. It's like, you're here to come see a movie, but, I mean, just, just imagine working at a restaurant where people get shitty about the food you make. Yeah, right? And it's always like, oh, you put this. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of like complaining about pickles, but I'm never going to be the one to say it to the waitress. I'll just complain to the table. Like, I, I asked for no pickles and there's fucking pickles on this, but all right. Like, <laughs> but the people that do actually say shit, they're, they're a pain in the ass, man. Yeah, that's usually, I can get annoyed too, but I, I'm, I, I try to be decent enough that I'm not going to cause a big scene about it, you know? Right. Yeah. They think ugh, there's a lot of people that just think it's like, open season to like scream at someone in the food service. And it's like, you're getting your shit spit in. That's what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, you can't vouch for that, but you, but you, it's probably happened. I would never, I would never do that just cause like that kind of thing. Like if I did that and understood that that's, I understand it's a possibility, but like committing myself to doing it means that someone else has definitely done it. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to further that cause. Again, I know kids who have done worse things than spitting on sandwiches and it's terrible. Make your food at home, people. (laughs) That's all we're saying. (laughs) Just don't go out to eat at all. What has surprised you the most about adult life? Um, I don't know. If much has surprised me, I mean, there's moments of surprise, like when you get a $300 heating bill and you're like, (laughs) what the fuck? Like, really? Um, Or when you like call your credit card company and ask for them to like, you know, try and understand your situation and lower your interest rate a little. And they go, no. And you're just like, really? (laughs) Is that it? No. Yeah. Like, well, fuck me. Right. Like, (laughs) they're just like, fuck off. You'll be back. I definitely thought that there was a little bit more camaraderie. I know the world's pretty cold place and stuff, but uh, I don't know. I like to go into it with the idea that like the more, even if people, other people are shitty, the more good I put in, the more good old like end up coming out of it. And that's mainly what I've been surprised by is how shitty people can be sometimes in like adult life and just very little empathy or understanding. Yeah. Just especially over stuff that shouldn't even fucking matter. Yeah, or just, like, things that, you know, compound. It's never, 
it's one thing's never really one thing it seems in adult life you know things stack up it's like because you can't get a little bit of uh leeway on your credit card you're not going to be able to pay your cell phone you know which is gonna mean that you can't get a uh a call for a job or something it, it it's very easy to see how like people fall into that like downward spiral where everything just goes to shit if you like let it yeah sitting up here balancing shit making sure everything <laughs> doesn't fall that's how it feels sometimes it's like a juggling act. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any religious beliefs? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I joke a lot about religion. I like <laughs> it's, it's kind of like it's I, I think I also like it just because I know that it, it might sound shitty saying this, but I know because people take it seriously. I want to make fun of it. <laughs> it's, it's like the whole comics idea of like nothing's off limits in a way oh yeah and because people like to put limits or barriers on things it's like watch me not give a shit about those barriers <laughs> like I'm, I'm i'm naturally obstinate with with like the crowd and like group thing and stuff like sometimes i'll, I'll feel the need just to act opposite from people it's it's like the uh, Monty Python thing where they're like, you are all different. And they're like, we are all different. There's one guy that goes, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy. You're the guy that's saying he's not different. That, that's exactly. <laughs> How is your relationship with your family? It's it's good. I uh, um, My mom and my dad divorced when I was really young. My dad remarried and I have two brothers um, with, from him and my stepmom. And I have two sisters on my from my mom, and I'm the oldest out of all of them. I <laughs> just talked to my mom today for an hour. You know, I get a, I get to call my dad every so often. He's really involved with uh, my brother's sports and stuff. My my one brother's doing like ultimate frisbee now, and my other brother's into like swimming and stuff. So, it, it it's it's good to catch up with them. They they have their own lives though, and because I feel like because I'm the oldest, they sort of are like. We're not worried about you. We know you got your shit together. Like, if something goes wrong, let us know. But otherwise, yeah. like, we know you're good and you know we're good. So it goes pre- it goes pretty well. I-, I get more turbulent when I'm, like, close to family. Uh-huh. How is your social life? Uh, I would, I don't know. I'd like to think it's good, but I feel like it's almost non-existent these days. Because you're so busy? Yeah, it's, well, that in, like, adult life sort of makes it hard to make friends. You, you don't really have the same opportunities to, like, meet people. Like, if I was, when I was in college, you know, I'd be able to go to house parties, and even if I didn't, like, talk to people again after that night, I would still go have conversations with people and stuff. These days, you know, I work on the podcast, I go to work, I come home and try and squeeze in doing stuff with my girlfriend. So, yeah, everyone's just so busy with their own shit. It can be harder to maintain a relationship, but I think that probably works for the better because you do need time away from basically everybody. I was going to get sick of them. I was going to say, maybe this can be our little secret, but like people are boring as fuck, dude. People are (laughs) boring as fuck. Like I, I I know you want to dig deep and hear the truth here. So I'm going to tell you, it's just like sometimes people offer to do shit. And I'm just like, I'd rather be at home and not doing that with you. Like that I under, I understand you have to put in like uh, work to certain relationships, 
But like, if you don't want to have that relationship in the first place, then no, the work just seems like unbearable. <laughs> yeah. There, there's like, there's those friends that you, you used to hang out with a little bit and then, you know, kind of you're drifted apart and they say, Oh, we need to hang out more. It's like, Oh yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> right. Or just like people that you meet that want to like be time sponges on you. Like, Oh, they're lonely. So like, Hey, come hang out with me so that like I can have someone in my house for once. And it's like, no, I'm not a fucking paperweight. Like I have shit of my own to do. You like every minute I spend with you is a minute. I'm not spending doing my own fucking shit. And there's only so many hours in the day. So it's like, I guess for, for me to want to make that investment into people, they have to like be that interesting. So it's like I got high standards for friends. <laughs> well, now I feel very special that you take yeah, the time out exactly. of your busy schedule to come talk with me. That's what I'm saying, man. You got you're interesting. You got stuff going on. You you have drive. You have vision. And I'm I'm always inter- uh, interested. I'm using that word a lot, but I'm always interested in what you have to say and what you have to bring to the conversation. There's a lot of people where they're talking, and I. I'm just wondering when it's going to end. Well, you have war- you have warmed the cockles of my icy black heart, Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh man, got to get that checked. <laughs> Warm cockles here. Uh, uh, we kind of covered this already, but I'll just ask: Have you ever been in love? Oh, c'est la vie. What is love? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've loved, I've loved, I've lost, and I and I'm currently in love. Oh yeah. You know, I, do you ever feel like, like the first time you thought you were in love and then you kind of, you, it happens again and you're like, well, maybe that first time it wasn't real. It's, I you feel know? like it's layers. It's like love on training wheels and then you sort of get it off and then eventually you get to that road bike. That's like really nice. And then at the end you get the bike, but it has like just a, like a jet pack on it. Like who hit this bike? Oh no, I thought we were going the other way with it. <laughs> <laughs> this bike, I've been riding it for 50 years. <laughs> No, the, uh, it, yeah, you're definitely, you got something there. It's, it's sort of like, cause when you're young, you know, I had my first like long-term relationship when I was like freshman into sophomore year of high school. And I thought I was in love, you know, knock down drag out fights, yelling with my parents about how they won't let me go out to see this girl that I'm madly in love with. And <laughs> now I don't want to see that person ever again. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, no way. That was terrible. And like the time that I, like, eh, I, I, I almost said the time that I wasted doing that, I wish I had back, but I wouldn't be the person I am today without learning the lessons that I learned from that. Oh yeah. That's what I tell people is even if, even if a relationship's really bad, you can still take something away from it. So it's not like you wasted your entire time. Every, nothing is useless. Everything can at least serve as a bad example. Except the big bang theory. That's completely useless. The show? <laughs> yeah okay i can stand behind that i'm not a big fan <laughs> I, I i i wanted to make that joke i had to think of what i should just rip on into and my first instinct is big bang theory that's fine by me man chuck laurie's got more than enough money <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the meaning of life the age-old question i tried to ask chris delia that for his podcast but he never uh, ended up answering my tweet <laughs> what do I think the meaning of life is though? I would say it's just, it's enjoying yourself. It's trying to, it's enjoying yourself and trying to like find a purpose, whatever that may be. 
and hopefully in that purpose you're enjoying you are enjoying yourself you know if you can yeah. go out and like make a difference in someone's life be it holding a door or saving their life in an accident you know or just like not being an asshole in that moment for some people it's like that's their little step and like that's all you can ask from them just like stop being a dick for a day see how it works out see how much better it makes the world it's a little harder for me because i i try to i try to pull off that nice stuff while also being a dick at the same time oh that's the best you gotta ride that line yeah you gotta ride the fine line in between that guy's a jerk he gives that guy gives his money to orphans orphans with diseases (laughs) it's like oh man now you can't be mad at him (laughs) was that a family guy joke yes it was (laughs) <laughs> you, you tried to slip that under. I caught it. The uh, I, I I feel like one's made it into one of our episodes. It's it's ubiquitous in our culture now. You know. Yeah. So on to into the future. What what do you want to be when you grow up? Comfortable. <laughs> That's really all it comes down to now. I used to strive for a title, but now it's just just being able to get up and do what I want. You know, and not have someone else dictate. the status of my life i guess just survive and be mildly happy yeah just the idea that you know i could wake up and be like i want to go ride a jet ski tomorrow and like fucking i could go ride a jet ski for an hour if i fucking felt like it or like uh you know i want to fucking go climb a mountain in a month like if i have the ability to do that and i'm healthy enough to go do that fucking awesome that's that's what i'm looking for i just want to be able because i'm i'm a very spontaneous guy i always think remember ed ed and eddie yeah i relate mostly to i think it was uh eddie the the little short one with all the plans and schemes and ideas yeah yeah that's him that's i i relate most like most to him because you know my mind's always jumping around and like i always got the next scheme next thing i'm working i'm surprised the podcast keeps going because i I usually pick up another project within like six months i've been brewing beer making podcasts fucking (laughs) i used to be in a film group back in high school and stuff you know it's always something. I don't. I don't get a lot of uh, Ed and Eddie callbacks, but I, c- I could appreciate someone uh, relating to Eddie. Man, there's. I'm. I'm a little obsessed with like Nickelodeon cartoons and Cartoon Network cartoons from like that era and all like uh, ideas about what they represent and metaphors for them and stuff. Like the deeper shit you missed when you were a kid. Yeah, and like just the theories. Like, have you heard Ed, Ed, and Eddie is supposed to be purgatory? Yeah, and they're all dead kids. Yep, uh, shit like that's super fascinating. Uh, but I like I like writing, uh, and and like when people go into that kind of depth, it's like okay, I can see what you did here—a little allegory to this and that, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Ed and Nettie was that deep intentionally. They, this I, was this was a Criterion Collection Ed, Ed and Nettie. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your biggest goals? Biggest goals: uh, travel more, see more of the world, under, understand perspective, the life's perspective from other places. So, like your own eat, eat pray, love. <laughs> I, I guess in a way, more, more eating. Like, could it be eat? eat love just like i'm not gonna be praying smoke love eat smoke love there you go or eat smoke eat eat smoke (laughs) sleep maybe that might work eat some more (laughs) the uh i I mean i i've been doing some traveling you know and the more i do it the more i just like realize that i was locked into a perspective because of my gps coordination on 
this globe spinning through uh, space, you know? And well, you, you, the more you, I'm sorry, the more you can see, or the more you travel, the more you can see it from different people's perspectives, you know? Uh, how many how many countries have you been to? Because I know you went to Korea, right? Was it Korea? Yep, went to Korea. Uh, went up, been up to Canada a whole bunch. Uh, I went to England when I was in middle school, and I think that's it for international travel. I really am I'm gunning for Australia, kind of as like my next one, but I know that's a long flight, and my girlfriend really wants to hit up Iceland. Why Iceland? Uh. Pinterest um <laughs> no it's it's there's some cool stuff there uh out of Reykjavik they have like those the blue hole which is like the geothermal heated pools and stuff and they have volcanoes it's the only place you can go and see like the northern lights uh some snowy mountains and a volcano all at the same time <laughs> you could trip under the northern lights that'd be fucking sick if you can find oh. mushrooms and fucking Iceland, that is. <laughs> They're probably somewhere. <laughs> Just got to dig through the uh, layers of permafrost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't gone to Amsterdam yet. No, I haven't. Um, it's definitely on my list. I, I'd love to travel anywhere. I mean, the Korea thing came up so randomly. My girlfriend won a trip on Instagram, so make sure you're entering those contests and giveaways. Because I never probably would have went unless, you know, something like that just randomly came up. Yeah, that, that surprised me. You told me that you can you can just fucking win a trip to Korea through Instagram of all places. Dude, she's been picking up prizes every day from the fucking mail place too. Like she, I just picked up a necklace that she won off of some fucking thing. It, like it's legitimate, I guess. Wow. And because there's people like you and me that don't think it's gonna happen, I guess she wins all of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart cookie you got right there. Yeah, right. She's thinking. Do you want to get married and have kids? Yeah, I'd like to. I think the taxes would definitely work out a little bit better in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of being married. Like if if there's at least a practical reason to do it, I'd say that's it. You know, they're slipping Jesse having his schemes again. <laughs> well, I mean, I, like it's the, the whole romantic notion. Okay, yeah, cool. But at the same time, I'm a child of divorce, so I understand that, like, till death do us part is really, like, unless you don't feel like it, so. <laughs> unless you're the other, like, 50% of marriages in the country right now. Yeah, and, and that's just the thing. I think people get married too young. People get, like, into it really, really quickly and make a bad decision, or people just become different people eventually. Like, who's to say that, like, you get married to someone when they're 30, that 30 years later, that when they're 60, they're supposed to be the same exact person? Like, that... If you don't, if you don't grow, if you grow with each other, I think it work it, it works well because obviously there's marriages that work out, but uh, you got to be willing to like grow. And there's a lot of people who aren't, and they're just stuck in shitty marriages. So I'm hoping if I do get married, I don't want it to be anything like that. It's got to be real loosey goosey, cool runnings kind of shit. <laughs> cool runnings. Cool runnings. <laughs> so it's gonna be a lot. It's bobsled time, bob man. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> feel the rhythm feel the rhyme it's bobsled time <laughs> if you if you have kids how do you plan to raise them in the wilderness no i gotta give you straight <laughs> answers this isn't real real talk unless i'm giving you real answers like <laughs> this is why i can't have bradford on <laughs> oh shit i'm setting a bad example 
So Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> I I would say, you know, I have uh, not that being a camp counselor is necessarily raising kids because there's a lot of hours of the day and shit you don't have to do when you do that. But I think it definitely doing that job made me feel more equipped than I would be at least to deal with kids aged like five to 14. The before that baby part where they're not talking and stuff, that's where I'd probably need a lot more training. <laughs> but I would, I don't know. Uh, there was, do you watch Portlandia at all? I have, I've seen some of it. I don't watch it regularly though. There, there's a funny uh, skit that they did where they were talking about how to raise children. They were simulating all the different like approaches. And there was one where they were like, treat them like an adult. And it was like, yeah, so uh, there's the crib, there's the light. If you need anything, just let us know. <laughs> like, to like, an, to like a newborn. So, I mean, not that hardcore with it, but like, I, I don't know. I want to be truthful. I don't want to mislead my kid. Like, I'd want to sort of deliver parenting with a little bit of realism and maybe a, a twist of fantasy because you don't want to rip the, the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and Santa away. Just a pinch. Yeah, just a pinch of magic, because that's always a little bit of fun. <laughs> Mostly realism, though. And then you set them up for the inevitable disappointment when they find out that the Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy are fake. Be like, I'm them, so you just need to show me more respect now. That's how that goes. <laughs> it's worth the, the ten years of lying to see that look on their face. I used to joke around to say I was going to speak with like an Australian accent for the first five years, just so they'd pick it up. <laughs> like... But I died. <laughs> well, you're dropping us off for daycare. <laughs> it's like, why should kid have like a strong Australian accent? It's like, I don't know, man. I, I would, to... I would appreciate the commitment if you did that. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of commitment, though. Can't slip. <laughs> Can't slip for one fucking second. <laughs> do you, do you feel you had your future under control? Uh, more, more so recently. I mean, it's. Kind of, it's kind of bleak for like our generation in terms of job searching and stuff like that. You get really disenfranchised when like nothing comes along and you're kind of stuck in your current situation. But I, I like to remain hopeful. Every time I get sort of down about whatever situation I'm in currently, I sort of try and f use that as fuel to like jumpstart me to whatever that next platform. I'm always looking for the solution. So I, I'm, I'm not really worried about my future at all. Yeah. Are you <laughs> unless those nukes go off and then we're then it's <laughs> fucking Mad Max time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or unless like the fucking sun just melts our entire planet. Well, I, on, on a real note, talking real talk here, I uh, in the past couple of days with like the uh, stuff heating up in North Korea and the fact that we have like a president who likes to tweet out everything at every second with no like fucking holding back, like I. Every so often, I'll look out my window towards the coast, and I'll, I just think, like, what if, like, that flash went off? You know, what if there was one a nuke detonated right off the coast? Like, I was freaking my girlfriend out because I was looking at uh, blast <laughs> radius on maps on the fucking internet. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, making sure if they took out San Jose or San Francisco would be good. <laughs> and I'm like, let me tell you, it's not looking good. <laughs> that's a that's a great mood setter you know for your tuesday night your, your girlfriend just 
quietly relaxing, and she looks over and sees your crazy ass looking up blast radiuses. <laughs> well, it's it's just weird. Every so often, like uh, my, I feel like my brain goes at like a mile a minute just because maybe it's all the caffeine I drink or just the way I think and react to things. But I'll be thinking about you know plotting out the next show for the podcast, what time I have to be at work if there's anything in the fridge to eat and if North Korea is going to set a nuke off, like <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my rhythm for my brain. <laughs> well, I mean, on the bright side, if North Korea did have a nuke that they could launch, it probably wouldn't reach us first. You know, they'd probably <laughs> go for someone else. Uh, what are you talking about? You guys all the way over there on the safe other side of the, uh, U S <laughs> cause I'm on the West coast. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean America in general because their their nukes can't go very far. I I I think if they had, it's not like ICBMs. Nukes that, yeah, I mean they're not like our kind of nukes where they can pretty much go anywhere. Their, their nukes are still shitty. I feel like they'd probably go for South Korea first. Oh man, Seoul was beautiful. I I, I do not wish that on any on any of those people or anyone around the globe. And it's terrifying. Yeah, just to, just to, just to establish, Jesse did go to South Korea. He didn't go to North Korea. Yeah, I was up there in uh, Korea, you know, <laughs> the northern one. <laughs> no, no South, South Korea was awesome. They they had like I, I feel like I talk about it way too much, but uh, they they had the best subway system. Their food was great. Uh, if you think Mexican food is spicy, go kick yourself in the fucking face and try Korean food because <laughs> it will literally rip your asshole off of your body. I'll have to try that out because I, I do love having my asshole ripped off. If you need that asshole on the other side of the room, fucking <laughs> go for some of that, uh, uh, what was it called, dokbuki. It's like rice cakes and like a red chili sort of uh, sauce. And little Asian girls laughing at me while they were eating it because I was like sweating buckets. <laughs> You're getting made fun of by little Asian girls? Oh, man. Yep. That's rough. That's what happens. Uh, well... Getting into a, a lighter note, are, are you afraid to die? Is that a threat? I gotta <laughs> stop. I, I gotta give you real answers here. No, the, no, uh, please joke. Go ahead and joke. The no, I mean, I, I feel like I've come to the understanding that you know, life is finite. We have to appreciate it, and when it happens, it it happens. That that's it. You know. Yeah. It's. Uh, I hope for not a long, drawn out one. I mean, I think that's what everyone hopes for. You don't want to get tortured? No, that's that's not cool. That's not the way I'm hoping to go. Uh, I was I was reading a Vice article the other day that was like uh, different ways to end up dying, which is the least painful or something along those lines. I was like, yeah, these all just sound like they fucking suck. Like, <laughs> there's no there's no good way to go. But yeah, I just uh, I'm I've I've definitely come to terms with it and I've accepted it. You know, I've had multiple grandparents well two two grandparents pass away yeah that's multiple i've had multiple grandparents pass away <laughs> and gone to other funerals like one for my aunt and stuff like so i it's something i've been aware of and i've watched a lot of six feet under so i think i'm good <laughs> <laughs> just anybody that's afraid of death just watch all of six feet under yeah it uh well i mean it's int- it's definitely a good show i i saw the first episode finally oh nice yeah, it's I, it's a little dated from time to time, but uh, oh yeah, the, the acting, especially at least I thought from the first episode. Yeah, the pilot's a little uh, over the top with the acting. I'd say <laughs> they come they come into their like characters a little bit further down the road. Episode six is really good. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting enough. That I'm, I'll, I'll keep watching 
when I'm done with like all these other shows I've been watching, but it, it definitely caught my interest enough. Yeah. The uh, uh yeah, so I mean to bring it back though, I'm not I I'm not afraid to die myself. It's it's more like I I would think it would suck for the people around me, and I feel like that sounds selfish in a way. But it's like I've had friends who have committed suicide, and I've seen. Oh really? Yeah, I've, a couple actually, and oh, I've seen the like chaos and destruction that it brings to like their family and friends around them. Yeah. It's so like bitch. that's that's the shitty part of death. It's like it's not even this like that you experience it. Death is probably shittier for the living than it is for the dead. Oh yeah, especially with how fucking expensive funerals are. Well, yeah, that's fucking ridiculous too. I I want the whole uh, firework thing. <laughs> what, 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 they cremate you, put you in a firework. Oh, launch, you can be put in a firework now. Launch your ass off. <laughs> I, that's I, a I hell of a way to go. Oh, that's that. That sounds like a Jesse way to go. You know, I think uh, who was it? I think Hunter S. Thompson had that done too. He had his ashes put in a. Uh, Firework that was shaped as a peyote flower, and Johnny Depp paid for the whole thing. I might, I might be pulling all this out of my ass, but I swear I've heard that before. If if it's not true, I prefer that story anyway. If it's if it's not true, at Landers the plane on Twitter, give me the hate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Either that, or if they get to the point where they can shoot heads off into space for science, that'd yeah, be pretty sweet. That's what I want to do. I want to be an astronaut. Yeah, even post-mortem, like, send you off in a Superman position at, like, a planet, like, a couple hundred light years away. You'll make it there eventually. You're not going to be in great shape, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they launch your whole body in there yet, but that, that's a good goal to shoot for. NASA's got to work on some big slingshots. <laughs> Especially with all that cash they're getting, right? Oh, yeah. Big cash flow coming into all of our agencies. Uh, moving on into now we're going past the future and into more the emotion oriented questions going into anger. Do you have any anger issues? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitively. Um, that's probably one of one of like my worst things about myself that like I'm constantly working on. And maybe it's just the male like I don't know how much of it is like the male part of the human being like overly aggressive over like stupid shit sometimes or like being hungry and getting angry and like snapping at people and shit. Like you get, you get hangry. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm way more irritable if I'm hungry. That's, that's for damn sure. And I've like throughout my youth and stuff, getting angry, I've fucking smashed shit, punched holes in walls, thrown phones and shit like that. It's like the impulsiveness of like when you're in that moment of anger and being able to pull yourself back breathe, calm down, center yourself. Like I was talking about before, I'm a lot better than I used to be with that kind of stuff. What are some pet peeves that you have? Um, off the top of my head, uh, people not signaling <laughs> when they're driving. That's, yeah. that's definitely a big one. Certain words, uh, when they're pronounced, uh, <laughs> Like, there's this one chain of stores. It's a regional chain in New York, and it's called Stewart's. Like, the name's Stewart, and it's, like, possessive. My sister says Storts, like, S-T-O-R-T-S, like, Storts. And it's... I, I, have, a, I have a certain respect for the English language. <laughs> so stuff like that really bothers me when people purpose... Like, doggo and puppers. Dude, I want to strangle people online. 
<laughs> it's like one of my worst pet peeves. And like, I can't blame people for doing it. Cause like, I understand memes and trends and stuff, but like it's, it's killer. That is killer. What, what upsets you more beyond just a pet peeve? Um, people being like rude or assholes for like no reason. You know, it, if it's like unnecessary, just people like that's I don't know what to really call it, but just people being like a curmudgeon, you know, people who are just pissed to be pissed and like it's bringing yeah. everyone else down. Well, like it's kind of back to what we were talking about, uh, having a job in like the food industry and just people who are, are just destined or just like in the mood to cause a scene. Yep, exactly. What? Or some of your angriest moments that come to mind? Um, I remember girls breaking up with me and stuff. Get really pissed about that, you know, which, like, looking back on it now, clearly it wasn't as big of a deal. Or um, yeah. things being taken away. I remember I would get into it with my mom because she used to, when the, when the rise of internet gaming happened and I had a PlayStation 2 and I wanted to play SOCOM Navy SEALs, I had to run an Ethernet cable out to the router, and it was like a 100-foot Ethernet cable. And <laughs> so I would sneak it at night, and she would catch me sometimes, and she would just pull the Ethernet cable out and, like, walk upstairs. And it, so it was a lot of, like, stupid family shit that turned into, like, screaming matches and stuff. Do you ever feel violent? Uh, yeah, I think everyone does to some extent. It's just, like, holding it back, you know? Everyone's like, there's been a point in everyone's life where like, they're like, man, I'd love to punch that guy in the fucking throat. But then you, you don't because, like, you, there's, like, that whole thing with, like, the id the and the ego and, like, how... And the super ego. And the super ego. It's something about, like, you, you, you have a thought in your brain where it's like, man, I'd really like to do that. And then the second thought is, like, the reasoning why you shouldn't or, like, how it would benefit you and then ha why you shouldn't or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I have all those, and I make sure I keep myself in check. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think it's normal to be like, fuck that asshole. Like, someone should fucking punch him or, like, whatever, you know? <laughs> That's our, our reptilian brain. <laughs> have you ever been in a fight? Uh, yeah, a, a couple. I mean, I've been, like, sucker punched a couple of times. One time in high school, I got thrown into a lot, like, ch body checked into a locker, and I think I got a concussion from that. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, I woke up on the ground, and, like, the guy was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I think he didn't mean to do it. It was, like, something that sort of he he hit a lot harder than he thought he was going to, and I didn't expect it, so I ragdolled into the locker. What did um, you, you do to that guy? Was it oh, I started, I started swinging at him. He was apologizing because he, he, like, really, I don't think he meant to do what he did. It was more like, oh, I'm going to shove you and be a dick kind of thing, but, like, not like I want to knock you out so so when i got up i just started swinging and like my friends held me back and, the, and he was a lot bigger than me but i didn't give a fuck i was about to fucking knock his lights out and uh they they pulled me away and i, I think i went to the nurse and just had them check for a concussion then the other time i got in a fight was more organized it was a, a like boxing fight club type of thing that a bunch of kids in my high school were running Oh, gosh. So we had, we had gloves and stuff. <laughs> but, but not regulated stuff. 
No, a fairly regulated. Like, if it got out of hand, there were enough people there that they would pull people off of each other. And it was designated, like, rounds, and people had gloves and stuff. The only problem with that is that's when I learned that my shoulder dislocates. Oh. Did that happen during a fight? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, I, I ended up, like throwing a because the guy had his hands up really high so i threw a really high right hook and it like the motion of doing that really quickly ripped my shoulder out of its socket so for the rest like of the minute of the fight i had to block and jab with just my left because i didn't know at that point what had happened i was just like i can't lift my arm up for some reason (laughs) and it really hurts so in the middle of the the bell I was like, does anyone know how to put a shoulder back in? <laughs> and and everyone's like, we're in like probably sophomore or junior year. And everyone's like, no, no. So I'm sitting there and I like, finally, I'm like moving it, moving it, moving it. I get it back and it pops in. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. So I go and I go in for round two. The minute I swing with it, it comes out again. So I took some hits and I threw some in myself, but I actually know the guy still. Uh, I'm still... Uh, good friends with with that guy that I was fighting during that. I, I like how you had that. Is there a doctor in the room, Mom? <laughs> yes. Is there any? Is there any doctor in the ring? <laughs> I'm a doctor and a lawyer. I'm doctor lawyer. <laughs> That's a character I'm working on. Oh really? <laughs> doctor lawyer, getting his own cartoon. The one of your workshop characters. Yes. Yes. Doctor <laughs> lawyer. Moving on into fears, what are some irrational fears that you have? Well, we'll say irrational and rational. Uh, does that nuke thing count that we were talking I'd say about before? My, my kind of my distinction is irrational is like stuff that won't actually harm you, and rational is. So I'd say nuke is a rational fear. Nuke is a rational fear. Um, so yeah, that's one, but that might just be me watching too much like Bear Grylls and Pepper <laughs> stuff. The I would say irrational fears. Fear of heights. Uh, I get. I definitely get nervous in uh, on the edge of buildings, higher up and stuff. Uh, food wise, I really don't like pickles. Really don't like mustard. Don't know if you call it an irrational fear, but I will be upset if it's <laughs> on my sandwich. Well, that's just that's just called having bad taste because pickles and mustard are amazing. Ah, <sighs> uh, that's disgusting. They're just such a strong flavor and. It's not for lack of trying. I have tried pickles. I have tried mustard. And I can do honey mustard. And I can do mustard seed. <laughs> but yellow yellow mustard? Uh-uh. This, no go. <laughs> Real quick, this reminds me of a story. Because uh, I used to live with Noel. And um, he, he, he has two dogs now. But back then, he only had one dog named Popcorn. And there uh, <laughs> was one day... Where he got like a burger and he left it on the table and we we all left to go do something, and we came back and we found out that popcorn had gotten into his sandwich, but she left the pickles on the table, like she actually <laughs> lifted them up off the burger. <laughs> oh, that's funny. She's like, nope, not yeah. taking these. On. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Noel saying, you know, I'm not sure what upsets me more: the fact that she she got into my burger or the fact that she was picky about it. <laughs> it's like yeah i'm gonna take your food but not this yeah. part i'm gonna leave these behind what are some awkward moments that you've been in um i feel like i've caused a lot for myself out out here in california it's there's a lot of awkward moments just because i feel like there's a little bit of a cultural barrier where 
it's just like Californians are operating on like a three second delay sometimes it feels <laughs> like. Like I remember one of the first times I was walking around this town when I first moved in here, I was trying to get the lay of the land. And like, you know, I asked one of the hosts at the uh, outside of one of these restaurants here. I was like, hey, is there a sports bar around anywhere? And he sort of stared at me for a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like like an Irish bar, something with TVs where I can get a beer. He's like, uh, I don't know. We have a bar. And he like points at his bar and I can see it through the door. And it's like this little bar with like four seats and like a very tiny TV and like just like wine. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, what are you not getting about this? Like, I'm like, all right, no, like a sports bar, like a like an Irish bar, like where you can get drinks and watch sports. And he's like, there's a place called Brophy's. And I'm like, yes, that sounds like exactly what I need. Like, where is that? <laughs> so those have been awkward. Um, another time that was awkward on my part, I was playing pool at this place in Poughkeepsie with, with some friends after work. And this was a place where you could order like food and drinks and like play, uh, play like billiards. And my friend told me that the waitress, he was like, Oh yeah, she's, she's attractive. And I think she likes you. So I was like, Oh, okay. And he was like kind of friends with her. So I was like, Oh, okay. I got this inside info or whatever, you know, we are playing or whatever. And I'm, I'm talking to her. We end up, uh, me and my friends end up leaving and she comes running out of the bar after us. And I was like, oh, shit, like, this must be something, like, good or whatever. So she's like, hey, Jesse. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I, like, walk up to her. And I, like, go in for, like, a kiss or something. And she goes, you oh. forgot your ID. <laughs> <laughs> and I, went, I, I pulled back immediately. And I went, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I'll be leaving <laughs> now. Like, oh. like, Fuck. Well, I mean, I'd also like, you know, I'd gotten information that thought I was good. I, the Intel said we were good, sir. <laughs> like, and, and then I also had been drinking. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. But if you don't, if you don't go for it, you'll never know. <laughs> I, I guess. So you can't live in, you can't live in shame. Just, just don't kiss. Just don't kiss people that don't know you very well. They're not into it. No, that's not the, that's I mean, not what you go for. Yeah, that was that was a bad misjudgment <laughs> on my part. I'm usually a lot more smooth than that. So, so it didn't work out then. Oh no, God no! I've never been back there. <laughs> she might still be there. So she might, and I'm not fucking going there. What would you say you're afraid of the most? Is it the nukes? No, no. Um, going blind. Oh. That would like terrify the yeah, shit out of me. I also love movies and video games, so it's kind of like fuck i mean movies you could probably still do but like anyone who would be like oh man that was really cool shot or like you like what he did with the effect there i'd be like crying <laughs> because i'd be like shit all i want to do is see Just that cry shit. every time you go to the movies and be like i don't know why i come here <laughs> yeah right like, why do i torture myself so yeah that would be kind of that would like terrify the yeah. shit out of me that would suck some some asshole steps out of an alley and like blows <laughs> sand in my eyes like ah fuck <laughs> Like that's the worst nightmare. Permanently blind. Sandman, fucking going around blinding people. Uh, who's, who's the who's the character? Oh, uh, Dale from King of the Hill. Pocket sand. Oh yeah, <laughs> pocket sand.
Have you ever experienced a supernatural occurrence? Uh, I've experienced some weird stuff, and I'm not really sure what to chalk it up to. But, like, one time we were, I mean, we were smoking weed, but we were smoking weed out in a field, and we were watching a, uh, Matt was there for this, actually, too. We were watching a video on a portable DVD player, and we saw a light in the distance, and then, like, all of a sudden, the light that was in the distance wasn't in the distance anymore. We thought it was, like, a car on a road super far away, and then it was, like, really close to us, like, probably, like, 50 yards to 25 yards in front of the car. And we just, like, we are like, what the fuck do we do? What the fuck do we do? And we all saw it. There were, like, four of us in the car. So we just sped out of there. So maybe it was an optical illusion or maybe... And we went past the light and no one knew what it was. And we couldn't, like, distinguish what it was. It was just a bright fucking light. Weird. Um, yeah, so that was really weird. Another time I was in my... This is, like, more of a ghost-type one. I, I attribute that to an alien-type thing, if anything. Um with this other situation i was in a house that was in upstate new york probably built in the 1800s uh living there with uh six other dudes and i was in the front of the house in my friend's room we were uh smoking his bong <laughs> again why does this always happen when i'm fucking smoking weed so we're 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 smoking his bong and we we're playing video games and stuff and we heard like hell from like the far end of the house where like my room was and the only other person down in that area of the house was our friend Tim, uh, who we've actually had on the podcast. Uh, me and my friend Alex, who were in his room in the front of the house, we look at each other at the same time. As soon as we heard the noise, we looked at each other. So clearly we both heard... Yeah, we'd wouldn't, wouldn't make you both hear the same thing. Yeah, we both like we both looked at each other, and then he goes, "Did you hear something?" And I go, "Yeah, from down that way." And he goes, "Yeah." So we both get up because it sounded like someone yelled help, and we book it down the hallway, and we get that we get down there. There's no one in my room, and Tim's door is shut. So we open his door and we like burst in, and he's just sitting there like not doing anything. And we're like, "Are you all right?" And he's like looking at us really weird. And he's like, "Yeah, why?" we're like, well, we heard someone scream, like, help at the top of their lungs. And he's like, I didn't hear anything. Hmm. And we were just kind of like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. That, that was really odd. Like, two people heard something and clearly nothing. And the, the, guy, the guy closest to it didn't hear a thing. Yeah. And then I, in that same house, we left uh, this one girl to house sit for us when we were all on vacation. And she said that she was washing the dishes at one point, And then she, like, turned the sink off and walked out of the room. And the sink turned itself back on. So she just walked over calmly and turned the sink off and said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and decided to not really, like, pay attention to it until we came back. And then she mentioned that to us. So who knows, who knows the legitimacy of all that, but that combined with the voices that me and my friend heard, it was kind of, kind of odd. So I don't know if I'm a believer, but I've definitely experienced some weird shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I stay skeptical about the supernatural and shit, but I mean, it's a lot of times there's a good oh, explanation. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not completely closed off to the idea that there's some weird shit that goes on in the world, you know? Right. There's a lot we don't know. What are some of your scariest moments? Um, there have been a few times I've almost gotten into car wrecks. 
there's one time I did get in a car wreck and I flipped my car. Shit. That was pretty intense. I was 17 and uh, I was on my way from I when I was in high school I did my junior and senior year uh, program where I got to go do photography and video for half of the day. So I would have to drive to that site though. And on the way there, I got distracted and like came off the road and then came back on and overcorrected and flipped up onto my passenger side. Jeez. And that was, that was pretty terrifying. Luckily I always wore my seatbelt. <laughs> um, and it was really odd because like I, when it skidded to a stop, I had like the adrenaline rush going and now I was, I was sideways. So I unbuckled and now I was standing where my passenger side window used to be directly like in the center of like my car. <laughs> and I was like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> and as I pulled myself, I like climbed onto the center console and I like lifted the door up and like put my foot on the wheel and like lifted myself out to see a school bus stop to just looking at me. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Is this an action movie? This dude's just, like, pulling himself out of a wrecked car. <laughs> so that that was pretty terrifying. I mean, I haven't had any, like, real brushes with death or anything, I say. All right. Well, moving on into <laughs> sadness. Would you would you call yourself depressed? Um, no. I, I, I wouldn't call myself depressed. I have, I have days where I feel depressed, but I, I'm not. It's not like I have chronic depression or anything. How how often would you say you experience depression? Uh, I get paid every two weeks, <laughs> so probably. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, that's usually what it is. It's usually whenever I start assessing like my financials and stuff like that, and that's when it starts to feel a little defeating. But like I said before, a lot of times I'll take that and sort of try and churn that into the coal that powers uh, the momentum forward. <laughs> that's a good metaphor. Yeah. What are some of your saddest memories? Um, that was probably like the news about my friend Danny passing away was probably one of, uh, one of the saddest moments. Were you, were you a, were you a teenager say. when that happened? I was actually up at college. Oh. Um, he was back in my hometown and it was a kid that I had known since like middle school and I was good friends with his family. And like, we had a core group of friends who all used to hang out at his house and, I had gotten a call. I woke up to a call from my girlfriend at the time and she said, Danny's dead. And I just broke down because I knew exactly who she was talking about. And I knew that like, that meant that I had lost someone who was like a part of my childhood. Were you, were you surprised or was this kind of a thing that he was dealing with? Complete, complete surprise. It's, uh, it was kind of a wake up in, in a way to the idea that like, if a friend is going through really, really bad shit, like even if they're not talking about suicide, but if they're just like, you know, in his case, he had gotten in, he had gotten some DWIs, he had gotten in trouble with the law and then he had gotten like another ticket on top of it. And it was just like one of those, like one thing after another, one thing after another. And he felt sort of crushed by the pressure of it from what I understand. And I hadn't talked to him for probably like three months or something. You know, I'd been up at school. I didn't know what he was doing until I got the call. You know, you think you get you, you get your mind turning, get you thinking of like, is there, could I have called him? Is there something I could have said if I only I had told him, you know, like, 
you can call me. I'll come home from school right now. I'll skip all my classes, like anything. Yeah, it's it's really rough when they don't they don't talk about it and it just kind of surprises you out of nowhere. Yep. Yep. So that hit really hard. Have you uh, have you been bullied? Uh, a little bit. One was that kid that slammed me into the locker. That didn't last too long in high school. Yeah. I, like we came to an understanding after a while where it's like, dude, stop fucking with me. Um, and, and I think he moved on to someone else after that point. The bullies seemed to do. The only other one I can recall is this kid, Pat in first grade. I remember oh, he, would, he would always, he would always fucking pick on me. And <laughs> I told my mom, I wanted to learn karate the summer of first going into second. So she got me into like a little kid's karate class and I started doing Taekwondo and Pat was going to get his fucking comeuppance come second grade. I was ready. I had it in my mind that I was going to kick Pat's ass. That's, <laughs> that's what's going down. Pat wasn't in second grade. Pat went to a different school that year. Oh, uh, he bitched out. <laughs> Pat moved away. Pat never knew that like I was pissed at him. For he like, was that close to death. He was. The iron fist was fucking coming for him with the dragon claw <laughs> and the fucking crane kicks. And, uh, you know, and you know what? I met Pat later. He ended up in the same high school and turned out to be a pretty cool guy. Uh, so he chilled <laughs> out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's always weird when you, especially when you're an adult and you meet up with somebody who you didn't really get along with too much as a kid and you're like, oh, they're fine. It's like, you're actually pretty cool. I thought you were a piece of shit. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> what are some negative things people have said about you? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm probably trying to be better about it now, but I've been chronically late a lot of the times. I feel like I spread myself too thin and I end up like not being able to keep to a certain timetable. So people probably say I'm, uh, flaky or un or uncommitted but it's probably just i'm not interested in whatever it is they're trying to get me to commit to <laughs> it's like yeah i'll do it. it's like when because like i've had that situation where people are like like i said before oh yeah you never do anything with me but it's like i don't want to do the thing you're gonna do and like you're gonna cry if i tell you that so i'm just gonna say <laughs> oh yeah maybe and then not do it because that's my style like because people are boring Cause yeah, people are boring, and I shouldn't have to justify myself. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you not like about yourself? I wish I knew more about the way the system works. That's like one. I feel like feel the system's keeping me down, man. I feel like if I knew how, like I, I in my head I always think of it, of it as like white people shit. That's how I like in air quotes, white people shit like documents and like taxes and stocks and filing a business for a business and shit like that. Like, I don't know that shit. All that Adult stuff. All that. I'm calling it white people shit. Cause like, <laughs> fucking, that's that's shit white people do. They're fucking business people bullshit. Not that, not that people of color couldn't be, be doing business and stuff, but like whatever I think of that bullshit, like, Oh, if someone's telling me I have to collate and make sure I sign the four dotted lines on initial here, like that's some old white fuck who's like just doing paperwork to make sure I get fucked over in the end. So I wish I knew how to not get fucked over by the system more. What, uh, do you, do you live with any regrets? Um, I mean, no, not, not any big ones. There's never, there's never a moment where I was like, Oh man, 
this should have gone this way instead, and then I would be sitting on riches, you know? <laughs> I mean, I had a couple ideas, like underwater turbines. I came up with that idea, like, way before I saw GE commercials. <laughs> but nothing nothing big. I mean, I, I am who I am because of the things that I've done, you know? And I don't regret who I am or where I am now. Have you ever felt suicidal? Uh, yeah. Definitely in, like, middle school and high school, there were moments where, like, it just seems like too much. But it's, like, more of a lack of perspective that causes that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, hormones and emotions. Absolutely. And and I think it's, uh, it, the more people don't talk about the fact that, you know, every so often someone might think about that, the more it's going to be stigmatized and not talked about. It's if you if you feel like you need to get help, reach out to someone and get help. There have been plenty of times where I've called really really close friends of mine and said, "Hey, I'm having real bad thoughts, or I'm you know I'm just like I need a friend, I need someone to help me out. Can you hang for a bit? You know, if they're your friend, they'll do that." What is one of the hardest decisions you've had to make? I would say, living between my dad and my mom's house. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember during the divorce, there was a point in time where it got really heated. It, well, they, there was the, not the divorce, there was the divorce and then there was like a custody battle sort of thing. That Wait, was, it like more, was it more messy? Yeah, it was basically my dad, my stepmom, and my sister's dad ganging up on my mom from like, at least from my mom's perspective. And that's the thing. When you're shipped between two different houses constantly, you're getting two different perspectives. Two different stories, yeah. Yep, yep. And it's like, then you sort of like figure out the grays in the middle and <laughs> realize that like, okay, you're kind of bullshit and you're kind of bullshit. You're both like trying to pull the wool over my eyes. So now I don't believe either of you. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I was thinking. It's like you, you go to both houses and you're just kind of like, eh, well, you're both kind of shitty in your own way. Yeah, I mean, and not to say that my pet, like, my mom is, like, one of the hardest working, uh, like, ladies that I've ever met in my life, and I've gotten a lot of my hard-headedness and stubbornness from her, but it's worked out in my benefit a lot of the times, because I stand up for myself that way. My dad knows how to control his anger. He's very uh, conscious of what he says and how he acts, and being reserved like that has its benefits as well. But at the same time, yeah, it's like... I like I don't know I got I got trained in both both schools of defense and it's like I can defend against either one of them with the other one's shit you know <laughs> so that there was a moment though where I remember my mom said you know you have to tell your like if you want to live here you have to tell your dad that you don't want to live with him oh wow yep so I quickly before he dropped me off one night just like tried to rush it into conversation just to like you know have it done but i remember it made him really upset and it made me really upset to have to say it and then i got really really pissed about it for my mom to make me say it because every time i would like see him every week she'd be like you know did you tell him yet did you tell him yet did you tell him yet it's just like do it doesn't feel like you have a home at that point it feels like you're in the middle of a war zone yeah that's hard make, making a kid pick between their parents absolutely and i mean it's not like i didn't get to see my dad i saw him uh two out of three weekends you know, and, and he would pick me up for to take me out to dinner every, like, Tuesday. So I, I got to see him a lot more than some kids get to see their dads. 
if you could go back in time and do something differently, would you? Um, in my lifetime? Yeah, in your lifetime. In, in your... No killing Hitler. <laughs> no killing Hitler. <laughs> um, now, is, is this like a, a back to the future thing where I have prior knowledge and I can be like, Jesse, you have to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure that there'd be a situation where I could probably benefit myself, even if it was something smaller, like that time I got checked into the locker, like if I could rush back and just shove myself forward by a foot and let that kid slam into the locker instead or something. <laughs> it wouldn't be anything big. It would be something really insignificant and small. It would all be just for going back and making sure that kid misses you and makes a fool out of himself. Slams his own head in the locker. <laughs> What what do you do to combat depression? Uh, smoking weed definitely helps. Uh, <laughs> get really get really pissed about something insignificant, and then go smoke like a bowl or a grab or a bong, and like wait ten minutes and see if you really give a shit about whatever that was, and if it really matters. Because I bet you won't. That's like it's it's probably one of the best uh, uh, antidepressants that's out there, and it, and it's nature made. That and just, that just like, you know, do do the things that make you happy. Like give your, uh, I heard a quote recently, I think it was on last podcast on the left that where they were quoting Twin Peaks and the guy was like, give yourself a present every day. I, yeah, I think, I think Henry said that. Yep. I could be, I could be wrong. But. Yeah. It was, it, they were like, give yourself a little present every day, be it like a, a nice button down or a good cup of coffee. Like that's how you combat depression. Like even if stuff is shitty and you can like find a way to brighten your day just a little bit, like they can't take that coffee away from you, no matter how shitty people are being. <laughs> I mean, they can, but then like, then they'd be really shitty people. It's like, give me my fucking coffee back. I get myself a lot of presents every day and I get laid at the end of every night. Well, there you go. That's the way to, <laughs> that's the way to live, man. That's what we're all striving for. So moving on into the happiness, the last portion of questions that we have, what do you love about yourself? Uh, I love that I can joke around and like not take myself too seriously. Find some levity. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you can joke about everything. What are your strengths? I'm, I, I'm accepting. Even if someone, even if someone's a complete asshole to me, I can usually consider their opinion. You know, it's like, I understand, even though I don't agree with you, I, ex I understand that you have the right to a different opinion, which can, I can be diplomatic, you know? Yeah. It's a lot more mature than I see a lot of adults acting. Well, it's just like, if you want to keep button heads, then where do you expect to go from there? You know, if you're not, if you're, if you're a brick wall and you're not saying, and you're wondering why they won't accept your fucking point of view, it's like, really, really, you, you're, you're like literally doing the same thing to them and you don't get why they're doing it to you. Like, yeah, you got to have some sort of like, you know, give and I, that, and I think I, which something I've learned from my father is that like, even if someone's opinion might not be what you end up doing or like might not be applicable to hear that person out means that you're giving them respect. That's, that's what I do with a lot of people. I mean, even, even Trump supporters, I, I, I've talked to a few of them and I'm like, 
you know, I'm not just outright calling them racist right away. I'm at least listening to what they have to say. I mean, if they say something racist, then yeah, free reign at that point. But, but yeah, yeah you, you can't come into a conversation with any preconceived notions of anyone because uh, especially if you think about like millennials, uh, the only thing that you can say about millennials that rings true for the entire generation is that they're the most diverse generation. And because of that, if you say anything else about them, you're fucking wrong. Like, so we're going to have a lot of, uh, gun owning Democrats and a lot of, uh, uh, like atheist Republicans coming out in the near future. I swear it's going to be a hell of a mismatch or Mitch, uh, what do they call it? Mashup. There you go. Of different ideals and stuff. There'd probably be a lot more Republicans that are okay with weed too, from like right? a financial perspective. Absolutely. It's a pro, it's a, uh, state like regulated type of thing. It's pro pro business. It's uh, anti-regulation to a certain extent. And I imagine probably a lot of them would be more okay with gay marriage because they just want to get that shit over with finally. And if they could come around on some things. I mean, but you have like the, the like hardliners religious on the right that like aren't really going to budge. And I, I, it's so in the past. It's so very ancient the way they're looking at things. Especially the, the social conservatives. What are those even? Those those are the ones that like don't believe in gay marriage that are like really like as opposed to just like a fiscal conservative where they're oh. they're, they're, they're fiscal like worried about money but like gotcha. social conservatives are worried about like family values. Not, like, worried about bullshit. where your dick is. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, I need to know that there aren't dicks in asses anywhere across <laughs> the contiguous United States. Hawaii, you're cool. <laughs> you have to have casual missionary sex with your wife and no one else. <laughs> that's no other I, positions yep that's it that's all they're worried about i, I don't know it's it's a weird thing to be even having to discuss i feel like but maybe that's just like our generation being aware you know i always thought it was kind of uh ridiculous that people of our parents generation are like oh you know we taught them to share and to love one another and accept each other and now there's all this goddamn acceptance going on <laughs> it's like where did they get this from it's like oh not like we were raised to believe that by our parents yeah we just came up with it all on our own yeah so then when we turn around and do those apply those to actual real life situations everyone seems like it's coming from nowhere it's like no we've been taught this our entire lives to respect people no matter who they are, their race, religion, anything along those lines. And then and let, let people get married, no matter who they love and shit. And, uh, that could go on forever. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Check out the, the Gay Marriage Podcast coming <laughs> out soon. Yeah, hosted by two straight white guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who makes you happy? Uh, my girlfriend Marley makes me happy. Aww. I mean... Is she, is she in the room? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm buying brownie points. I think she has headphones in, though, so she can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> so so it doesn't count, I guess. What makes you happy? Uh, uh like, physical item? Uh, like, physical items and, like, activity. Okay, I, I like uh, smoking weed, drinking coffee, good craft beer, video games, great movies, um, good friends and great conversation. Um, those would probably be, if you have all that in one room and beer pong, fucking, 
Forget it. <laughs> but c- can you can you do all that in, in uh, at once? Or I'm playing or beer just... pong. I'm fucking got GTA going on a little hip holster on the controller. I got a coffee <laughs> stout that covers the beer and the <laughs> and the coffee. With you a, got the Dark Knight on another TV. Yep, Dark Knight's on another TV. I got a joint hanging out of my mouth. <laughs> People, I'm holding a conversation with everyone around the beer pong table. <laughs> That's how you get that done. Do you, well, uh, aside from podcasting, what hobbies do you have? I mean, I used to do script writing. I've still got a lot of ideas that are kind of in the bank that I haven't really gotten around to doing. So I'm one of those writers that hasn't written anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm joining those ranks. Uh, yeah, the the podcast has been taking up a lot of my time since uh, September of last year. Before that, it was mainly like a, lo- a lot of playing video games, hiking. Uh, I haven't gotten to do that a lot because there's been a lot of forest fires and stuff, and a bridge got washed out to one area that we really like to go. And do you have any weird random interests? Weird random interest, I. Besides, besides weird video games and stuff like that, I'm not that out there with my my interests. Maybe weird YouTube videos. That'd be about it. <laughs> <laughs> what's what, what's what's a weird YouTube video that comes to mind in your favorites? A weird YouTube video for me would be like uh, any of the cringe compilations. I get into those, <laughs> and then anything like a fight on a subway train. Yeah, I watch a lot of public freakout videos. Hmm, those ones are good. Yeah, it just I don't know why. I love watching a train wreck and just people causing a big scene in public. And I love uh, when there's a fight on a train, and then afterward, all the people get to bond together over like how crazy it just was. Because <laughs> they're all strangers, but they get that little moment of like, that was insane, wasn't it? And everyone's like, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> what accomplishments do you feel most proud of? Um, I won some awards in college uh, for like most improved show. And uh, I think it was like best director or something or best producer forget oh. i have the i have them somewhere around here but i was proud of those because they look like little oscars might be my only uh shot at getting something shaped along those lines well when you, you said you had a show and you said that your uh, girlfriend tried out for it. What, what kind of show was it it was a sex and relationship talk show called bergy and the bees uh plattsburgh <laughs> was where i went to school bergy was the school mascot and he was a cardinal so it was the birds and the bees but bergy and the bees <laughs> and it was a third it was it's third season running i had edited it for the first season and picked i or the second season i think and then i picked up producing it for the third season nice so it was pretty official it was fun it was definitely a learning experience in terms of like how to put together a show and stuff what is your ideal life eh, you know kicking kicking back and like being able to have a family with like maybe one two kids and be able to take uh vacations as much as i fucking want (laughs) (laughs) pretty much if i could work remotely that'd be fun but i also like the idea of like i don't know working in a studio somewhere where i got like a good crew making really cool shit 
some creative content. Yeah. Being happy with what I do on a daily basis. Really. Feeling fulfilled. Yep. And last question. Are you happy with who you are? Yeah, so far. I'm a work in progress. This painting ain't done. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, there's uh, there's layers to this canvas. I might have to make that the episode title. This painting ain't done. This painting ain't done. It ain't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up the show then. You want to awesome. do your... You want to do your plugs, sir? Yeah, sure. If uh, if you want to get at any of my personal stuff, uh, just ask me some questions about any of the content you heard here. Uh, unless you're like law officers, uh, at, Amer- <laughs> at you can get at me at uh, Lander at Landers the Plane on uh, Instagram and also on Twitter on that name. If you want to check out my podcast, it is American Soccer Podcast with Matt and Jesse, and we put up new episodes every Monday bonus content released every so often we just released a 420 episode today which was pretty cool uh you can get at that by going to american slacker podcast dot wordpress.com or just find us on itunes by searching american slacker podcast all right and you can find me at twitter at total filth you can if you want check out our other show we have going on crime roulette at soundcloud and itunes as well as the show i'll probably have a facebook page and a facebook group up by then since i was getting some some questions about it your your audience is clamoring for uh for a page they want to talk about your content (laughs) oh yeah that's going on (laughs) uh so popular and that's about it so have a good night everybody and thank you for joining me jesse thank you for having me you're very welcome